interesting to talk about today. So, friends, enemies, let us not mince words. This is the Enemy Slime Podcast. This is episode number 134. I am your usual host, Jared, and I am joined today by Mr. Lucia Lorenzino. Boop, boop, beep. And Mr. Michael Mahoney. Hey, everybody. How's it going? And we have a fantastic show for you today. We have many things to talk about. It's been quite the week, and I think I want to start with our good friend, Nintendo, uh, who... This is still up in the air. We don't necessarily know how for sure this is, but Eurogamer has received some pretty solid, they think, leaks uh, from multiple different sources regarding what exactly the mysterious NX will be. And they've released some of that information. So I can run through it here. Uh, The belief right now is that the NX, that's of course Nintendo's upcoming uh, console, is going to be a portable handheld console with detachable controllers. So... If you look at the diagram of it, it looks like the bottom half of a 3DS, basically, except the sides actually pull off uh, so you can hold them kind of like a nunchuck, I presume. And then when you get home, you dock this system at home and it will connect onto the TV so you can play your games while you're traveling. You can play your games while you're at home. That's basically the deal. They have done a little bit of looking into the console's power, and they believe that it's going to be running with what is called the uh, Tegra mobile processor from NVIDIA. And it's too early, I think, to do... I I don't even know that too early is the right phrase. It's so apples and oranges compared with other GPUs that it's really kind of hard to say how this console would compare to uh, the, the competition, how it would stand up to an Xbox or a PlayStation. But we can almost certainly assuredly say not very much. And this is Nintendo yeah. we're talking about, so I don't think graphical fidelity has ever yeah, been a big concern. Their... Yeah, it's not really their thing. Uh, it's going to run on cartridges, reportedly. That's something that that's a rumor that's been kicking around for a while now, so that that's nothing new. But it will make the switch to uh, what Nintendo, I think, is suggesting will be 32 gig cartridges. I don't know how comparative that is to... I mean, there's not a ton of games that are more than that, but a a, a standard AAA title. Well, I I just installed Doom a little while ago, and that was like 50 gigs. Yeah, like Dark Souls is, what, 40? Probably something like that. Yeah, that sounds right. So anyway, there still remains to be seen there. But uh, they they apparently also considered doing digital downloads only, but thankfully they've paid enough attention that they knew that would be a bad idea. Especially with their fucking scheme. Well, yeah, exactly. For what they're talking about with the the portability aspect of it, it just doesn't really seem like it fits in with the overall plan. So with that, what do you guys think? Oh, I hate everything about this. (laughs) Michael, how does the NX make you feel? I like it. Oh, there we go. That's actually not what I expected to hear. Uh, I actually don't care. <laughs> okay, there's a, there's I mean, a it's weird to me that I stopped Nintendo. giving a shit about Nintendo so long ago. I, I think a lot of us have written them off. Or To be honest, it's not that I hate it in terms of, like, I don't know. It's just so weird to me. It's a, it's a very risky proposition in the sense that they're going to be competing now not only with Nintendo, um, sorry, not only with Microsoft and Sony, because they want to have something like in the house, mm-hmm. but they're also going to be in direct competition now with themselves uh, themselves and with mobile that's what kills me about it is like you 
you have the 3DS. Why can't that? Why can't that be enough for you? So I don't know if Nintendo actually agrees with this assessment, but most people think that you know mobile is taking a bunch of the revenue, which I don't necessarily think it's true. But you know, um, I don't see why if you're going to try to compete with people who are selling their shit for free. I don't see how this is how you address that problem either. Like, yeah. if if mobile is eating into the revenue, I don't think the solution is to make a underpowered portable console. I, but this this makes sense because Nintendo said multiple times that they don't see it as like direct competition for the Wii U. So this follows up with kind of what they're saying, where this would be a supplemental device, something that you can travel with, but not necessarily something that I mean. In theory, it would replace your home console. Like that's still the idea, but it's it's kind of a different beast. I'm assuming it would be probably less powerful than a Wii U. I, I don't actually know. That that's it's something that we'll well. just yeah. That's just something that we'll we'll have to see uh, what exactly happens there. But, but uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> I mean, this is this is such a Nintendo thing to do, right? They they could do this so simply. But they just refuse, and they they have to go crazy and and do weird shit. It's just it's the only way that they can get off anymore. <laughs> it's it's like they started they started slipping into like the BDSM world, and people aren't confused. They every year they got to add another belt choking them somewhere, you know, because one just isn't enough anymore. Do you think they're just addicted to novelty, innovation? Yes. Or what they would call innovation. Because yeah. uh, I thought the Wii was stupid, but I know a lot of people really like that motion controller. Well, the, the thing is, is that they struck gold with a gimmick. And I, if you look at the company's history, gimmicks are have always been there. We have things like the Virtual Boy. So, I mean... Hey, that's no gimmick. The, it is. It, it's absolutely <laughs> a gimmick. find us now, people, Jerry. Okay, it's a gimmick. It's also one of the greatest gaming experiences of probably our lifetimes. I don't think you play the same virtual way there, but uh, sure. I only uh, got to use it in fits and starts. I never actually owned one, but it's yeah, me it's remarkable how much it hurts your eyes. Yes, in that, in that says if if their uh, if their goal was to hurt our eyes, then they they did a bunch. They of should stuff. be applauded and there celebrated. There are a bunch of blind thirty-year-olds out there who owe their the entire course of their life to the Virtual Boy. I, does it work for colorblind people? I guess it would because it's only one color. Like even if you can't see. No, I meant I meant the Virtual Boy blinded them. Red. Yeah. No, I know. I was just I was starting to think of other uh, blind people and wondering what what their story was. I think they became dare, daredevils. <laughs> they became the daredevil. Uh. Well, no. There's there's more than there's one. More than one. Person. Yeah. Oh, there's like multiple daredevils out there. Yeah, they're like the uh, the Black Panthers or. Um, who are those guys who like took to the streets and defended New Yorkers? The Hell's Angels? Yeah, the Hell's Angels. That yeah, was them. That sounds about right. Classic Hell's Angels. All right. Yeah. <laughs> those wacky fellas. Um, anyway, that's that's the, the story there. Speaking of Nintendo, I guess we might as well hit on their Pokemon Go. A couple new developments for that game. Uh, one is at Comic-Con. Is it Niantic? Niantic? The people who make the app... They revealed that they have more plans for the game. They announced that uh, I believe there would be some good. there'd be some changes to battles. I think uh, on top of that, there will also be trading, which should be implemented in the near future. Are they want to make it work? I, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't had it not work all that much. I've actually had pretty yeah. good results lately. But I'm using. I mean, are you on Android or are you on iPhone? Yeah, I'm on Android. 
I think that's probably part of it. I'm sure it's an inconsistent experience across the board on Android, but I've gotten lucky and my phone has been able to handle it pretty well. I actually was in Palm Springs this last week and there's a there's a tram there that you can take and it basically is just you, you pay a, a very large, ridiculous sum of money and you get on the tram and it takes you up to the top of the mountain and then if you want, you can look around or there's like a restaurant up there where you can pay even more money and eat at a restaurant that's really high in the sky. Okay. And when I got up to the top... Uh, they had free Wi-Fi, so I connected to it and started up Pokemon Go. And there was like, I probably caught like eight Pokemon up there that I'd never seen before. And probably like another five or six that I had seen before. Like it was just littered the top of this mountain with Pokemon. Kind of blew my mind. But anyway, I expected it very much not to work there. And it actually worked pretty well. I can't even get it to work in my office place. I have trouble there. Uh, I was using it at home today, and it said a scyther was nearby, and so I actually like left the house and looked for it, and I can't I can't find it anywhere. Well, it's a shitty app, right? Like we're discussing this today. I mean, I, I love it and I play it every day, but it is not a well <laughs> well made app. No, not particularly. And so, well, part of the fallout for that is that their user rates have started to drop, which is to be but, expected. But yeah, I don't think that's actually that that you know has anything to do with it. I think it's just. I, don't, I never thought that this was going to like sustain this momentum it, it for a long time. It couldn't. Right. There are so many people that I know who picked this up and played it who will never touch it again. Right. Like, like they picked it up because their friend had it and they're like, what are you doing? And he's like, so, I'm catching Pokemon. And so they grabbed it and they tried it and they're like, I love it. And they played it for a little bit. And now it's it's kind of, you know, yeah, the novelty wore off. I mean, it lasted for like 30 pretty cool minutes, but they've they've done a good job of making it take a long time to catch them all, uh, which which is a good thing, I think, because you want that experience to be a long time. But simultaneously, I feel like it might take just a little too long because I don't know about you guys, but like I'm just drowning in ratatas and pidgeys, you know, yep. like just stuff I don't give any shits about. And uh, I live in Florida. And in the summer, the last thing I want to do is go outside. I did a slight, pretty pretty much unrelated, but uh, just kind of a, a fun thing. While we were in line to go on the tram at Palm Springs, there was this dude behind me who was obviously um, like like kind of an L.A. transplant. He's like this big, tough black dude. And probably hadn't been out in the in the wilderness for a while, or maybe at all. And he's standing in line. There's this lady in front of us who's talking about the tram. And she's like, oh, it's like only 70 degrees up there. You know, you go up the mountain and it's really cool. And he's like, you've been up there before? She's like, yeah. And he's like, he, get, he gets in, like, he leans in, like, real close to her. And he's like, are there animals up there? And, <laughs> and she's, and she's. She kind of thinks about it for a second. She's like, not really. I guess there's some squirrels. And his whole face just like completely deflated. He was so excited at the concept of like <laughs> animals. <laughs> no, no, no preference on which, just I guess not squirrels. And his, his whole world just got... It, you, I wouldn't have been surprised if he turned around and got in his car and left. Like You went to LA to see animals? Well, no, he went to Palm no, he Springs. He went to Palm Springs to see him. Oh, right, right. I imagine he was probably from LA. That, that's what I would think. And I don't know. It's all California. It's just one big sprawl to me. He looked like a pretty cool dude, and I felt his pain a little bit. But there was just like this childish excitement about. Do you, do you think? Do you think there will be animals? Fuck the shit! I ain't coming. I mean, there are animals, but they're not going to come out and see you. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, it's uh, it, it, so Pokemon Go is kind of settling down a little bit. 
And part of that process is Nintendo's stock, I think, has also dropped a little bit. I think you were saying that they um, had some kind of clarification on how they only owned a third of the Pokemon company. Right. So they, they told their investors the truth, which is what they should do. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, the, all the news outlets were like snarky about it. But I think they did the right thing. I mean, you know, you don't want to, you know, come earnings time to have your investors like going like, what the fuck, guys? You told us, you know, you owe this. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think it was the, um, you know, it was the right thing to do. It would, it would have to um, settle down eventually anyway, I think, you know. I think the truth of the matter is that, and now everybody is so happy and, and um, optimistic about Nintendo that I feel I have to be the, uh, the odd man out. But none of the new hits or the new interesting stuff that's been happening for Nintendo in a while mm-hmm. has had anything to do with, like, their main people, right? Mm-hmm. So if you think about the successes they had last year, they had Splatoon, right? Yeah, um, allegedly. That wasn't that wasn't Miyamoto. That was like some guys that they just told, ah, sure, you can make your, your shooty shooty game. Uh-huh. But it has to be squids. Uh, and, um, you know, the Pokemon thing, that's not a game that they wanted to, you know, that wasn't one of their main games that they were drawing attention to. Do you think- In fact, the, the game that they made for mobile was Mitomo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it sucks. Do you think that it pisses them off? That <laughs> this has been like this smash sensation and raised their stock prices more than the Wii U ever did? Um, it might. It'd make me a little mad and vindictive. And then I'd try to sabotage everything. But, um... I mean, it's, inter- it's worrying, and, you know, like, a while ago we were talking about Nintendo being doomed. I was the one that was saying, oh, you know, they have enough money to, like, take losses for decades. Mm-hmm. But all this shit that they've been doing has to be eating into those reserves in R&D costs and shit. Yeah, you would think and so. it's kind of worrying that, you know, the the people that are making decisions, I don't know if, like, I don't know if Miyamoto has it, for example. I don't know, maybe the next will be awesome and I'll have to eat more words, but I don't see anything interesting. I see a device that is not a console and is not a mobile and it's going to end up, you know, competing with both. Um, you know, they, they stopped supporting Splatoon, so forget about getting any more mm-hmm. sales out of that. You know, that kind of thing. It's um, It's one of those things where... I feel like they had a smash hit with the Wii and the takeaway from that was the gimmick works. And so from that point on, everything they did had a gimmick revolving around it, right? So you got the 3DS, which does anyone use the 3D? No, Uh, you've got the Wii U, which everyone loves that gamepad. And then if the NX rumors are true, then you've got the NX as well. And so I worry that they're going to get this smash hit in the form of Pokemon Go. And the takeaway from that is going to be, well, why make our own hardware anymore? Like, this is, this I'm not sure I would be opposed to them like, going to like, different hardware. The question is what hardware are they going to go to? Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know. I, they, they fe- it feels like they are too happy just playing in their own sandbox to go and party in someone else's. Yeah, and I don't know that they want to compete in that. You know, it's like I said, they they can't come unless they're doing weird shit with game pads and detachable controllers and consoles that require hundreds of dollars in accessories just to play some of the games. 
We all know how that is. I do. I bought a fuck ton of... uh, Oh, oh, no, you mean... I see. I can't derive sexual pleasure without hundreds of dollars of accessories. Right. Um, (laughs) Right, exactly. Boy, I... I wonder if people realize that uh, that good games, like the ones that we enjoy, like they're not a utility. They're not. They're not just going to be around forever. Like if if we don't stop them from doing this, like if we buy this next console, you know, just for lulls, um, games that we enjoy could go away forever. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. I mean, and I, right now, oh, sorry. I mean, we we don't necessarily know that this is a good or bad thing. No, no, but. Well, who knows? It might be amazing. You'll you'll be able to see that for yourself when you see how the new Zelda runs, because they're going to do a simultaneous release, and so you'll you'll get a look at it side by side, and you know we'll have a pretty good idea of whether or not this was a bad idea. But um, I get what you mean, though. It, it is it is a market that, I mean, there are so many things now, just so many genres. You know, we talk about Metroidvanias. And I've been uh, doing a lot with point and click adventure games lately. And there's all these genres that like I loved as a kid and no one wants to make them anymore. Mm-hmm. The, only, the only people who take up the mantle are indies. And unfortunately, uh, the, those They're are fucking terrible. A lot of them are, you know, a lot of them don't don't exactly nail it. And to be honest, you know, now it's not that bad. Um, there was a while where like there weren't any like decent Western RPGs coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, where like all you could get were like this uh, Diablo style like um, you know Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance type games. Mm-hmm. Um, now our yeah. Western RPGs are starting to slide shit again. Uh, <laughs> well, not, now they're getting shitter in a different way, but yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, so, so it's a process, right? It's, it's an ongoing process that keeps on going and a lot of times it just takes somebody to like think outside the box mm-hmm. you know for a long time nobody thought rpgs were gonna sell and nobody was making rpgs and then you know fucking obsidian um no obsidian uh bioware this well, jam's hey. dialogue wheel in there and suddenly we care again yeah no, no, it wasn't even that it was dragon age origins remember mm-hmm. it wasn't it was- mass effect mass effect came afterwards did it yeah, it, oh, fuck, Dra- Dragon Age was in development uh, for a long, long time. It, if I remember right, it had a lot of trouble. Yeah, along right. The way. I, but I thought Mass Effect was released before that. No, no, no. Dragon Age came first, and then Mass huh. Effect came came after. But they, they were both in development at the same time. Don't don't think it was like, oh, let's make. You know, it wasn't like they decided, oh, we're gonna make Mass Effect now. No, I mean, I wouldn't even compare compare the original Mass Effect and the original Dragon Age. Like they're two entirely different games. And, uh, but you know, before that, like nobody was making RPGs and everybody's making RPGs. Now they're putting RPGs where RPGs shouldn't be. For the record, I looked it up. Michael's actually right. Mass Effect came out in 07. Dragon Age came out in 09. I thought so. Yeah. But I think you're right in a sense too, because Dragon Age uh, began, I mean, God, what do they have a a thing here? Development. 97. Uh, 2000. 2002. Ooh, that was not that far off. So, uh, you know, quite a while they were working on that, which is probably why it turned out pretty good. Well, and the real tragedy there is, like, they must have really suffered to make Dragon Age. Like, that that must have been, like, a painful process to carry that as far as they did. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful game. Like, it is still one of the best 
Western RPGs with like choices and like mm-hmm. it's great. And now they've destroyed it. Yeah. I mean, the people that made uh, Dragon Age aren't really in Bioware anymore. Um, right. Bioware is pretty much a different company that it was in, in that time. Right, but each time they, they take a franchise like that or make another, like when, when Mass Effect Paragon, Andromeda comes out, like that's just going to be one step further we ever get from having those type of games again. Right. I get what you mean. Like you, like you damage the... Uh, but but having said that, before 2007, 2005, if we're going by announcements, those those are IPs that didn't exist anyway, you know? Not uh, even so much the IP, it's just, you know, I mean... Well, I'm willing to ease your, your worries a little bit, Michael, because I want to ask you a question. Okay. Three years ago, mm-hmm. if I told you that arena shooters would be the best-selling games of 2016, <laughs> what would you have told me? see 2013 i probably would have asked you why you're talking to me about video games <laughs> <laughs> yeah what is an arena shooter he would say and you might say that today yeah but you know what i mean like you know it's like three a, years like ago a... it was the apex of call of duty nobody fucking thought that a, you know doom would be the best shooter of the year and the best-selling <laughs> game would be uh team fortress uh, MOBA arena shooter clone. That's what has to be frustrating about this industry in general is that there's no surefire nailed it. And that's why we have companies that are panicking and holding back reviews for great games and things like that because the truth of it is it's like, who the fuck knows? Like, maybe people will like this. I hope they like this. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, we, we've seen that time and time and time again. And uh, we'll probably just keep seeing it. So I, I don't know. But Bioware is definitely, I, I, for me, it's just a complete write-off. Like, I miss you guys. You yeah. were cool. Hey, yeah, and there was a point where they got me excited about gaming, like, in a way that I, I kind of written off gaming for, like, most of college. And then someone introduced me to Mass Effect, and I cared again. And, boy. I'm sorry. Though. But, you know, Lucio actually kind of got me thinking, um... The more I think about it, when I do like PAX invitations and stuff like that, and people have like their their pressers and and uh, you know kind of like details about the game to to draw you in and make you schedule an appointment with them, the most common thing that I see because the most common thing that you can do is you can say we're an indie game, this is the game we're working on, and it's made by developers who used to work at this company you loved, and almost all of them are Bioware, ex-Bioware employees. There's just a shit ton of them. Half of the floor has got to, like, know each other. It's just, I think, being bought out by EA kind of, like, costs, like, a nexus. Mm -hmm. Because that's when shit started going on here, right? Well, and, you you know, they had some successes, and so maybe they had, like, a little bit of a windfall, and so the the option arrived to, like, well, I could stay here, and I could make soulless games that aren't nearly what they used to be, or I could go and just make my own game like I always wanted to and be my own boss, and then... uh, That's also another thing, I guess. Fish sandwiches out of the dumpster (laughs) uh, after I release my game. Uh, Yeah, I guess that's... Hey, man, the life of an indie is, is a tough one. Yeah, I get what you mean. You know, people people don't want to have a boss. Uh, <laughs> I would agree with that assessment. Um, so, yeah, I mean... People sure do like to have a place to I live, think, though. <laughs> yeah, no, that's... I think a lot of it has to do with, um, like I said, with EA just 
kind of buying them out. Mm-hmm. And you know, the DA has kind of like a reputation for murdering companies. Yeah, yeah. I forget so, you know, the uh, I forget the other one, the big pandemic. one. Yeah, pandemic. Um, yeah. So you know, I guess it kind of has to suck to be like under EA, where like now they came to your game, and they're like, well. This is a fine game, Michael, but how are you going to put microtransactions in it? <laughs> it's it's like what happens when you work at like a fun startup and one day you come into work and they're like, hey, good news, this giant corporation bought us. And it's like, oh. You can't wear jeans here. Yeah, because it's like, oh, man. And th- as they say that, there's You're like two, pick two, all your nerf guns. There's two guys in the back that are loading the ping pong table up into the truck, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, I get it. I totally get it. But yeah, anyway. What were we talking about? I don't remember how we got here. Pokemon or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nintendo uh, out of business. See you later, so, Nintendo. Purchased by Sega. Summarize. My worry is just that, you know, Nintendo is kind of throwing money into bad ideas and that the executives haven't had really a win in a while and all the wins they've had have been from other people. We'll call this. Uh, and I'm, I'm probably completely wrong and hopefully I am, but, you know. But for today, Lucio's lamentation is... Always going against the grain, as usual. When everybody was saying Nintendo was finished, I said it wasn't that bad. Now that everybody is happy about Nintendo, I'm, I'm worried. So Is this just a roundabout way of admitting that you were wrong, Lucio? <laughs> oh. <laughs> he is our Nintendo doomsdayer. Any day now, they'll be done. <laughs> Nintendo is finished. Uh, I did want to touch upon, speaking of kind of that old retro aesthetic i did want to talk about the uh the big blue hedgehog boy big big boy hedgehog who turned 25 who could you be talking about i'm talking of course about sonic the hedgehog and he can rent cars and not get charged out the ass now huh you're right sonic congratulations it supposed to run faster to you sonic (laughs) not 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 in our universe not in the current (laughs) sonic universe uh, Sega celebrated this event with a live stream that is probably one of the worst televised, <laughs> uh, televised isn't the right word, but streamed on Twitch. It's just probably one of the worst like press events that I think I've ever seen ever. Uh, and as it is uh, customary of Sega. There's a pervasive buzz throughout almost the entire video. There's a significant portion where audio cuts out entirely (laughs) i had to mute it i couldn't yeah uh i saw a comment on youtube that made me laugh where somebody said that buzz you're hearing is sega's life support system (laughs) (laughs) i thought that one was pretty good is everybody just like hiding their face from the camera no but well there's there's this really awkward moment where this guy is trying to talk and someone's like heckling him and he's just pretending to like be good-natured about it and laugh with the heckler but but he like won't stop and he's like all right I'm ready to start my sentence now and uh, there's just there's a lot of weird shit in there and they announced their new game they announced a couple new games one of which is uh, Sonic 2017 which is going to be like a full blown 3D Sonic game oh finally <sighs> hip hip hooray looks like they're abandoning the Sonic Boom uh, moniker for it so it it'll go back to being a traditional normal whatever you define as normal Sonic game. Yeah, uh, really, like, uh, this is fucking, what? This is going to be the same team that did Generations and Colors, I believe, which are, Good. At, at the very least, two of the hi- most highly regarded Sonic games from the last ten years, uh, but that doesn't necessarily say much. Now, the other game that they announced is uh, called Sonic Mania, 
And a while ago, you guys might remember we had Sonic 4, which was a 2D side-scroller, but it was in a 3D engine. And Sonic Mania, they just finally said, fuck it. If you don't like that, you have to like this. And they they literally (laughs) recreated the old Genesis engine and are remastering or redesigning some old levels and then adding new levels in. And that will be uh, Sonic Mania, which is coming out next year. I I guess next year is not that far away. Shouldn't it come out like in a couple of weeks that's what I thought when they announced it. I was like, oh, this will be real fun around Christmas time. And then it's like spring 2017. I was like, oh, what? So I guess I shouldn't really be worried about Nintendo because your Sega is still in business. Then. <laughs> yeah, Sega's still alive and kicking. I mean, God. <laughs> well, alive at least. Yeah, alive. That's for certain. I will say, like, this is probably their best shot at getting something right. I, I don't need, I don't know how you can fuck up any less like uh what's let's not go overboard a challenge here. Yeah. Well, I mean Jesus Christ you're literally just copying almost like word for word uh the exact same thing that was successful before like you you've got to really try hard to yeah just... but then people are gonna are gonna call it the derivative and not like well and, and that's you know I kind of actually feel a little empathy for them in that regard which is. They've gotten all this feedback about how the new Sonic games aren't as good as the old ones. And so now they're going to go back and make an old one. And people are going to complain about that because yes. it looks like the it's, it's it's not new and fresh. It's the old one. So because fans don't know what they want. Mm-hmm. I'm serious. They don't. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like as a Sonic fan myself, obviously, I know what I don't want from Sonic. Yeah, you know what you know what you don't want, but you don't know what you want. Like Sonic games, you don't want any more of those. Yeah, exactly. Just oh, stop it. There we go. Leave leave me with that one little just slice of fond memories of my childhood. I mean, this has gone well before. You know, uh, Capcom did this with Mega Man with Mega Man Nine. Oh yeah, Mega Man is a great example of a franchise that went well. Well, no, they fucked it up later on, but but Mega Man <laughs> yeah, Nine is. Mega Man Nine was good, uh, and I think there was a ten too, but I didn't. I didn't actually get a chance to do either one of those, so nobody got a chance to do no ten. But but they had good results, at least from what I understand. Oh yeah, it was it was good. So anyway, we'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, if you're a Sonic fan, get ready because he's coming back in a big way, and you should be very yeah. excited, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> Sonic. <laughs> oh, you were looking at us. Don't jump for joy. <laughs> Uh, I was just trying to contain my excitement. We should probably talk about some games a wee bit. Um, you guys have both been playing some stuff this week, a- and me too. Um, do you want to go first, Lucio? You can give us a little update on I Am Setsuna. Sure. It's uh, it's still basically uh, taking a page of Squares of Greatest Hits. Uh-huh. Uh, so I met Magus. Sorry. Reaper, okay. Who is an even more like grim, dark, hardcore version of Magus? Mm-hmm. Uh, I beat him up, and then basically, I don't know. Did you guys play Final Fantasy Ten? Yeah. Nope. So I basically I met this game's Aaron. Um, oh, he's okay. exactly the same character. Okay, so just he like even has a huge sword that he slings on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um. It's so by the numbers. It's uh, at one point I got into a um, into a ship and I'm like, oh, it's a ship. We're gonna get shipwrecked. Okay. And so like the next scene, like they, they didn't even like 
romance me. Like they just went like for it right away. Right. It's they, like the next, the very next scene, a monster <laughs> attacks. No foreplay, huh? They just they oh, just no, no foreplay, like, shoved you know. it right in there. They didn't even warm you up. Just like turn me over, bend me over over the table, and just went down. Hmm. Well, that sounds pretty uh, good. <laughs> um, I'm no, saying, so you're saying you, usually, you, usually you when, like you have, uh, when you have the the JRPG like uh, you know ship scene where you sink, they give you like some time to walk around the ship and talk to people and you know they tell you, oh yes, I hope nothing bad happens on the ship, <laughs> uh, you know that kind of thing. Uh, oh, I, there are some storms coming. I hope no monster attack us during the storm. <laughs> um, but um. When, um, you know, this game just, like, it cuts the air, like, you know, they're in a room, and then suddenly, like, the chief starts to shake, and he's like, a monster is attacking. I'm like, oh, well, that was that was fast. So at least they don't fucking, like, <laughs> they don't waste time, I guess. Right, right. Because, I mean, in these, in these fast-paced days we live in, um, the idea of, like, setup and payoff, those are things yeah. I don't have time for that anymore. Who fucking cares about pacing, right? I want my payoff right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, I got a big settlement, but I need cash now, you know. So yeah. how <laughs> how's the uh, how's the Chrono Trigger connections coming? Is it other it's, than finding Magus? Is there other stuff that it's uh, like I said, it's more like squares of square hit. Like um, he has the Final Fantasy VI intro. Uh huh. Yeah, I've, I saw that. You know, when, like, when they're walking into the thing and uh, yeah, when they're going through the snow or whatever. Yeah. Um, which didn't really kind of make me want to play Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> well, there are plenty instead of, of instead, to do that. Instead of being like, you know, thankful for it, I was more like, oh, I wish I could play Final Fantasy VI instead of this. But anyway. <laughs> um, that, that actually, know, that's um, a good segue to a question, if I may. Yes. So, I really love Chrono Trigger, and the fact that I'm never, ever going to be able to experience that magic in quite the same way, like I'm never going to get to play Chrono Trigger for the first time again, Right. that's unfortunate. Like, I I would really love to go back and do that, because each time I replay the game, like, you know, it's a little less magical, and eventually at some point it's just going to be another game. Does this capture any of that? Like, if, if I'm super hard up... And I just kind of want to feel that same giddy thrill again. Not, no, no. not even a little bit. No. You'd be oh, better off shit. putting a wrapping a belt around your neck and playing Chrono Trigger like that. Hmm. Yeah, well, that might be. And then later on, do it from a suspension swing. <laughs> you know, that's a great way to do a lot of things that aren't Chrono Trigger. So maybe I'll give that a try. I'll come over and drizzle candle wax all over you. Hmm. All right, let's do this for a little Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger, good times. So, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so how about how about that guy with the sword on his shoulder? He sounds cool. <laughs> well, he he doesn't seem to be uh, into Chrono Trigger that much, though. So. Oh yeah. But I uh, know you know it's it's, it's it's the plot from Final Fantasy X. Um, the combat system from Chrono Trigger down to like the like the combined. Um, you know, uh, abilities. Right, the dual techs. Right. And uh, I, I assume triple techs. Not that I found, but, you know, maybe. There, maybe probably. there's time. Who knows? Yeah. Um, it's, I don't know, man. Like, I I want, I want to like it. I want to be like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, a return to form for Square, but it just feels, feels soulless. Mm-hmm. I met more of the characters. 
Um, so, you know, it's not quite as depressing now. Mm-hmm. It's lighting up a bit. But there's still no, like, levity to the plot. Um, there's no great scene where they uh, they arbitrarily laugh together. Right. So, you know, there's no scene where, uh, uh, I don't know, they go into the golden whatever and they gamble for seven hours uh, <laughs> instead of going to save the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's no scene where one of the characters has to dress up as a girl to go save another one from getting raped. <laughs> oh, that was, that's a real knee slapper. I mean, it was. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So don't come here and give me that shit, Jared. You know it was funny. Camp. There's no campfire scene. I'll take it back. A man oh, dressed no like a woman's scene. always a laugh. Yeah, especially when you have to go into like the uh, the one place full of the the dudes in golden thongs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that was that was fun. Hey, um, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's Final Fantasy VII. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're just talking about real life, Michael. <laughs> well, you had me wondering. I went down to Miami. I hung out with Lucio for a little bit. And, yeah, uh, do you remember when I took you to the place with Golden Thongs? Uh, I was on a lot of drugs. Yeah. That's... <laughs> All that uh, Cuban cocaine. It's probably part yeah. of the course there. It was very bueno. Yeah, I went down there because Lucio was promising that he'd show me some animals. And I did. I was like, I gotta see some animals, so, man. He's some like, anacondas. Oh, we got a bunch. We got anacondas. <laughs> <laughs> he had me drizzled candle wax all over his anaconda. <laughs> it was great. Anyway, this has been this has been the Enemy Slime Podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Once again, you fell for it. Listen if you like what you heard here, um, <laughs> you're not going to find it on the website, so... <laughs> We'll yeah. link some other websites that you can check out. It's too hot for the website. Uh, <laughs> all right, so I am Satsuna. What? What are you? Is it? Is it middling at best? It sounds like it's probably less than that. This, this uh, sounds well, like it's, it's... It crashed a couple of times, so I'm starting to like consider it too. Because you mentioned that it had crashed and you had to redo. Like yeah, that's the thing. Like 15 minutes of gameplay, and it felt like ah. Yeah, you you were like, oh, I got to do 15 minutes again. I'm like, 15 minutes. What is he fucking complaining? Like. I've I've had games. That shows you. That shows you like how I feel about this game. That like, I have to do 15 minutes again, and it's like ah. I've played Final Fantasies where I got like stuck and fucked so hard that I couldn't go any further, and like started the whole game over, like 20 hours right. uh, to to get to where I needed to go. So like the idea of you having to do 15 minutes more, just being too much to bear, like that's a bad <laughs> sign. Yeah, you know, but like I say, you know, those games were good, and this is not a good game. And having said that, this is coming from me, who played probably one of the worst games that I've played this year. I was say, 15 minutes sounds like a long time. I played it like three times <laughs> to make sure I was right. So, uh, what game are you talking about? Uh, it is a uh, little title called Dream Break that came out this last week. And it was under embargo, so I didn't get a chance to talk about it on last week's podcast. But um, I, you know, it, it's always a bummer when you get something pre-release and it's not good. Because um, right. yeah. you know, I mean, nobody wants that. I don't. I. You don't want to be mean, but you have to. You don't want to well, be mean, but you know that, like, okay, you're gonna have to be a little mean. That and like getting pre-releases is the one perk of doing the website. 
Sure, yeah, that's 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 it's like the one too. thing that's not agonizing. So when you do get a, a pre-release and it's it's a stinker, it's you know, eh, it's a bummer. But uh, this is, and I'm not I'm not trying to be. I don't. I take no pleasure in writing a bad review. But having said that, it is much easier to write a scathing, awful review than it is to write a a, a middle range, you know, average. Uh, game yeah, review. Those are the hardest one. So like Hunter's Legacy, it's tough to come up with a lot of stuff to say because like yeah, it's just okay. But like Dr- Dream Break, I probably could have written two articles about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you have a good game, you have a lot to say. And when you have a bad game, you have a lot to say. But when you have like a like a three, it's like oh yeah, Sorry. it was good except for the parts that were bad. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Have you guys ever played like a point and click adventure game? Yes. Where uh, it wasn't point and click, it would use like maybe it was just like a console edition of the game, and so you'd use the controller to do mm-hmm. it. And you know how there's like always a disconnect in that, um, where like it just, or maybe here's an example. You guys remember the original Prince of Persia? How you would yeah. how you would push for him to go left, and then like a minute later he'd do it. Right, he had to delay. That's basically how Dream Break plays. Is everything is just like super delayed and slow, and as you it, it builds itself as a point and click. But I've eventually realized that I could use the arrow keys to control the game, and that fixed things quite a bit because pointing and clicking. I never thought in my entire life I would play a point and click adventure game where the controls pissed me off. But like here we are. <laughs> Um, I mean, you did play Green uh, Fund. Oh no, you didn't play the original Green Uh No, I did the remastered. But I, I uh, mean, that one that one controls a lot better. Uh, yeah, and that actually worked pretty nicely on the like Vita with the analog stick. I'm not sure how point and click would have worked out, or or what that would have been like. But uh, but this game, it just it doesn't do it any favors. So it's a point and click adventure game. But the gimmick is that in between these puzzle segments, there are action set pieces. So you'll be like driving a speeder bike and dodging obstacles, or you'll uh, you'll play like kind of a Space Invaders ish game where these turrets descend on you and you have to shoot them out of the sky. Or there's uh, probably one of the best put together action sequences is this part where you're attacked by drones while you're driving a car. And you have to click on the drones and draw out a pattern that appears with your mouse, and that's how you basically hack them. Um, that might that might be the most functional, best working part of the of the whole game, uh, I would say. But anyway, let me backtrack a little bit. So, Dream Break is the story of Eugene. He is a janitor at a local dive bar in a. I assume this is an alternate history where the Soviet Republic never dis- dissolves. So uh, you, you are you are very much in the USSR in the future. And uh, Eugene works in this dive bar. And I can probably walk you through the whole game. You want to you know the whole game? Sure. Can't be that, that difficult. So you start the game out and Eugene's standing there. And he says, oh, got to go work at the dive bar. By the way, I'm actually doing some punch up on the dialogue here. So it's actually better. <laughs> Uh, and and then he just says something I gotta like, go work at the dive bar." He's got like, "I gotta go work at the dive bar," and he's like, "Ugh, my life, my wife." And I had to work. Wife. Go now. <laughs> and, he, and so I don't want to. I don't want to harp on this too much because I know the Soviet Russia. I know the game's you? creator is Russian, <laughs> so I can't. Oh, fault. sorry, the creator. For that. <laughs> it's not his native language, so I mean, I understand that. Like, I get that. 
But having said that, if you're going to release a product in the U.S., I don't think that you just get a pass because you don't know English. Um, and he obviously does know English, but just not not superb, not A+. Plus. Not but, so well. But Eugene goes to the to the bar, and he when he gets there, he finds that the lights are off, and the owner says, go downstairs and fix the generator. And so you go downstairs, and you grab some tools out of a cabinet, and you walk over to the generator and click on it, and uh, and then you turn the lights back on. And then you go upstairs, and he's like, now unclog the toilet. So you go and unclog the toilet, and when you come out, a man at the bar says, hey, I dropped my packet. Can you pick it up for me? Is it like uh, like one of those like super old school point and clicks where it's like, uh, unclog the toilet, and you have to like... You know, get like a condom and attach it to a rubber ducky. And, no, no, no. Uh, God, no. God, no. This game, when when they do puzzles, uh, the solution to the puzzle is almost always in the same room. Uh, occasionally, it's with items that you've picked up along the way. But there, I, I never, I never was stuck for even a slight second. Like, there's no, you have an inventory, but you don't use items on anything. You just walk over to the item and click on it, and if you have the item that's going to work on it, you'll just use it automatically. Ooh, stimulating. So, um, it, it reminds me of, uh, and this is a one percent reference, but it reminds me of the first Clyde Barnaby, where there. Jesus Christ! There is. It's the only thing I. It's the only comparison I've got. And basically, that's a game I made, and I made it so that you just automatically solved puzzles if you had the right item in your inventory. Because I was too lazy to make a proper inventory system where you had to like pick and choose the puzzles. So I'm not saying that's the situation here, but I'm saying it's what I did. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's what someone else did for a game that you charge no money for. Right? Sure. Yeah, for a, a joke game, basically. Um, but anyway, that game was great, by the way. It was. It was a masterpiece. Uh, so Eugene walks over to this guy and he says, I dropped my packet. Now, I don't know if you guys know what he's referring to, but, uh, it seems to just be a piece of paper and he's like, will you drop his penis? Will you pick it up for me? And it, it, it takes me a minute to like figure out what, a, what he's saying at all, because <laughs> you can't. You can't talk to characters by clicking on them. You basically, their text, if someone has something to say to you, it will just pop up as you approach them. And so that means if you're running past someone, their text will appear and you'll miss it because you run right past them. And then you'll have to like backtrack and go back and stand in the exact right right spot to make their text appear again. Uh, So I finally figure out that he wants me to pick up his packet and I realize that I have to just stand directly on top of him and click and then I can pick it up, and it basically just says, get out now, and then this 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 guy, this courier, leaves the bar, and when I leave the bar, I discover that he's been killed outside by a suspicious man. <gasps> I know. And uh, I'm trying to think of what happens from there. I decide to investigate the courier's hotel room. Um, I've been given no hint, like, I don't know how I know what hotel he was staying in or even that he lived in a hotel, (laughs) but I've just, I deduce all this as Eugene, the bartending janitor. uh, He actually can't even work behind the bar. Someone else does that. Eugene is literally just the man who fixes the toilet. Toilet janitor. Why is he playing detective? I don't know. (laughs) Why is he playing detective? Oh, it gets better. He's still already here for Gustavo's script. 
There's big stuff happening to Eugene. Yeah, he basically is the star of Gustavo's Creed. So Eugene, uh, th- and that's all the dialogue you get for it. Is he just says like, "I have to find this guy's hotel room." <laughs> so you go to where the hotel is, and when you get there, there's a very simple puzzle where you go into like a gym kind of area, and you go into one of the lockers, and there's a key card that opens all the rooms in the hotel. And then you go into the... uh, There's only one other door you can go through. So you go through that door and you find a machine that you... I don't fully understand what happened, but I turned the machine off and it allowed me to go and get like some powder out of a container. And it turns out that it's Mm -hmm. soap or sleeping powder. It's something... So anyway, at this point I don't at this point I don't know where to go or what to do. I know I need to get into the hotel and I look outside and there's a lift on the side of the hotel, so I hop in that and go up uh to and I and I find the room. I have a key card that opens all the doors, but you can only go into one of the doors. So it's a good thing Eugene's psychic and knows which room to go in. Um <laughs> But you go in and you find in, in the room next door, there are like two people searching it. And so you go up into the ceiling and you you make that person fall asleep by putting the powder you found into the air duct. I'm doing the best I can here. <laughs> yeah, I say, I'm, I, I don't, sure. Yeah, I believe you because there's no way you could be making this up. It's and, two non-seconds. So you knock, your, you knock him out and then you go into the room and explore and you find a gun and you find a uh, a shield, so that's how combat works. Shield, yeah, it's like a, it's like an energy shield, an energy pack, and uh, you also you also find a piece. Uh, I think it's a matchbook from a nightclub, and so you resign to go to the nightclub. And as you're leaving, you get into some combat situations, and you run into combat several times in the game. And it's very simple. Uh, if you click in front of Eugene, he shoots his gun. And if you click behind Eugene, he throws up his shield. Now, that's kind of difficult. Like, there's there's some challenge in clicking in front of him to shoot and then making sure that you're quick enough that you can block the incoming bullets, you know, from people shooting back at you. But if you use the arrow keys, you can switch between the two so quickly, combat's just a breeze. You never, never have any problems ever again. Uh, so Eugene kills a bunch of cops, the janitor, uh and uh, sure and then That's he do. and then he proceeds to the nightclub and there's this when you get to the nightclub there's only one door you can go through in the back and if you go up to it the first time i actually didn't even know there was like a puzzle associated with it because i uh well let me explain when you go up to the door the guy says maria will spend some time with you if you have a balance of two thousand dollars in your account Ooh. and i don't and so, wow. right, luckily, right next to the door, there's a machine that will allow you to bet on uh, animal races. They're like weird animal. animals. Like, like it's, it's like a horse, a dog, and a llama, and they all have jetpacks attached to them. <laughs> Why not? And I can't tell if there's a way to guarantee that you win a race or not. I felt like I performed better when I picked an animal and then clicked on him a lot. But sometimes I'd click really hard and really fast and I wouldn't wouldn't win. So I don't know if there's a trick to it. I think it might just be an arbitrary thing where you just have to guess which animal will win five times and then and then you win. 
So that I, sounds like a good time. I don't know. But you have to sit there and play that until you get the balance to go through the door. And the first time, I didn't even know that I couldn't get through the door because um, I, I just sat th- at the machine for a minute. And I was like, is this all you do? And uh, then I exited out and I, it, I just happened to have enough money. But the second time, it took me forever. And I finally just got to a point where I just bet on the same animal over and over again and just kind of like brute, my, brute forced my way to the amount of money that I needed. But um, anyway, that's that's how that works. And so you go into the uh, you go into the stripper's room and you watch her dance for you. And while you watch her dance, a robot comes down from the ceiling and knocks you out. And you realize the stripper is a girl who is part of the resistance who is attempting to overthrow a government. You could never just be able to sex gun. The government. Uh, they're trying specifically to eliminate the leader of the government, who is called the Gensec. Yes, the Gensec, of course. And so you wake up, and you're like strapped into this machine, and she says, Hi, Eugene. She knows your name. And she's like, You're going to kill the Gensec. And uh, you're like, Why Why me? And uh, or you, actually, no, you don't say that. You don't say, Why me? You say, how how do you you say something like how how are you gonna make me and she's like we have ways and then and then she lets you go. Oh, that, 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 okay. And she she points to a guy off to the side of the room and she says Igor over there. His name's Igor. He will pick you up later with further instructions. Spoiler alert: Igor never picks you up. <laughs> <laughs> that you, damn it, Igor. You just we run got into one job. You just run into him later, and he's like, "Let's begin our mission." <laughs> So you leave this resistance hideout, and as you leave, you get to the part where I really decided that I didn't like this game. This was before I discovered the keyboard controls. There is a platforming segment uh, where a monster, like not a monster, but where this robot shoots balls down at you, and you have to like dodge them and run past them. And I'm sure you weren't playing Overwatch and that was Senyata. It's miserable to play with a mouse. It's just, it's the worst thing that you could ever do. But uh, I was able to finish it pretty consistently and pretty reliably once I started using the keyboard uh, to get through it. Anyway, you get past that. There's a couple other mini games. Uh, you eventually just like bump into Igor again. And he's like, all right, let's start our mission. And he takes you to, it takes a while, but you get to the Gensec headquarters and you approach the uh, the the Gensec guy, the like dictator, and he tells you he's a robot or like a highly advanced AI, not a person, and he's going to eliminate humanity. And so you you solve a puzzle really quick. It's just like a the game has these like uh, pipe puzzles. You guys know those mobile games where you have water flowing and you have to organize the pipes so that yeah. water flows. It, it's, yeah. it's one of those. The game has like three of them. And so you solve one of those and then you beat the Gensec guy and he disappears. And behind where he was, there's a prison cell where the real Gensec is. And he's like, thanks for rescuing me. And for whatever reason, you have the option of letting him out or electrocuting him. <laughs> That's very Russian. Um, I don't know. He didn't do anything to you. <laughs> I don't know why you would electrocute him. Um, because Mother Russia. So I let him out and he's like, thank you, Eugene. And everyone knows you're Eugene, by the way. Like when you get <laughs> when you get to the end of the game, everybody's like, hey, Eugene, like people you've never met. Um. So I feel like maybe there's some subtext here where you're supposed to be like an important Eugene, 
but they almost certainly never never get around to covering it. But uh, anyway, I rescued the Gensec and I got the good ending and the game popped up and said thank you. And then I found that I couldn't do anything no matter what Wait, button. That was, that was the game? That was the game. Oh. I didn't really skip anything either, I feel like. Oh, that's... Uh... Uh. I mean, there's like... Puzzles? There's no puzzles. There's a part where you come across <laughs> like... There's a part where you come across this car that you want to break into. And you walk up to it, and if you try to use it, he goes, damn, no battery pack. Well, there's, on the next, like, level below you, like, not even on another screen, just, like, right under where you are, if you just go down and lift one one movement, uh, there's a floating cardboard box, and when you walk up to it, guess what's inside? It's a battery. Wow. It's not a fucking puzzle, man. <laughs> it's not anything. Oh, it's- doesn't make you feel smart, Jared. The only items that you pick up in that game are items that you use to solve a puzzle. And there's only like your inventory clears all the time as you go from zone to zone to zone. So it's not like Monkey Island where like by the end of the game you have like this huge inventory full of stuff. Um, Instead, you just have like the one thing you need. And then when you get to the next zone, it's just not in your inventory anymore. Now, I will say you um you mentioned this game obviously takes a page from like Flashback or oh, it looks uh, it looks so much like Flashback. Out of this world. Like that that was pretty much their MO was you were in an area, you had to go find one thing and then you could proceed. Yeah, and I mean I it, mean it sounds like it was this is done in a much more painful way, but uh yeah. It's just like so it, simple. It sounds like it's an homage to that style. And I mentioned in the review like just to give you an idea of how maybe untested or unbalanced it feels there's this part where you play like a space invaders mini game and Mm -hmm. when and when i got to it i got a phone call in real life on my phone and i was like oh shit i gotta take this and so i hit escape and it brings up the pause menu but none of the action stops the game (laughs) just keeps playing and so i was like well i gotta take this phone call so i went ahead and took it and when i came back i had died once but then I had your 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 guy just like auto shoots up into the sky, and eventually he just shot enough that I beat it. I didn't never even. I didn't ever even touch it. I just left the control there, and eventually I won. So, I mean, mm. even the action segments aren't very well put together. Mm. The whole thing has got to be. I'm fairly confident this was made in Game Maker, uh, and I'm not trying to talk shit on Game Maker, but it just. It feels like it's limited. It feels like the uh, the the creator's technical ability is probably limited. Um, I really love the art style and I like the music in the game quite a bit, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I like either one of them enough to recommend that you buy the game, even though it's very very cheap. Uh, it's super short. The whole thing takes about I I played it twice, so I have a little. Actually, I almost played it three times. I have a little over three hours on record. I think if you use the keyboard controls and don't get stuck in the parts I got stuck at because of it, uh, I'll bet you that you can beat this game in in maybe like an hour and a half. Hmm. Tops. And Eugene can save Russia, USSR, from Gensec, who's a computer who wants to eliminate all of humanity. <sighs> anyway, that's Dream Break. <laughs> I'm. Huh. As we are the police. 
Uh, this is the police. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, after that, I think it's doing pretty good. <laughs> uh, what's what's, uh, what's last I heard things hadn't gone very well for you. Yeah. Truth be told, I think it's actually now be careful because I think it's still under embargo. Well, I'm not I'm not talking about anything after day 80 because, well, except shortly after day 80, I got so fucked that I couldn't continue with the game any further. Okay. So, um, you got into like an XCOM situation, right? Yeah, pretty much. Like I just I kept kept losing officers and day in day out. Like it would keep they'd keep uh, sending things that I didn't have enough people for. So then I would uh, lose another officer every day to the point where I had like six people to do two shifts, and I don't know what they're doing with the difficulty, man. It's just it's. I really want to know what happens, but I can't get any further. Mm -hmm. And so reluctantly, I started the game. I started a new game and they've been patching it. But unfortunately, all the patches just seem to make the game harder. (laughs) So one of the things in the game is like occasionally an officer will come to work drunk Mm -hmm. and they'll be like, oh, I drank too much. Can I go home? And normally I won't send him home because I don't have enough people, but what I figured it it was doing was it just made it so that that officer would perform worse in situations. Uh, but as soon as I got that update, like every day I'd have two officers die in a drunk driving accident, like pretty much every day. The fuck? Yeah. And this is, this is like early on in the game. And so I, I lost like four people within four days. Jesus. And I don't know what they did to the difficulty. Like I'd have like two people not show up every day and like, There'd be three people who came in with excuses and they were tired. I I can't get ahead in this game. It's just it's too fucking hard. Hmm. And I don't I don't feel like I'm doing a bad job. I feel I feel like I've got a pretty good idea of how this works now. I just can't do it. So your flag is pretty much at like half mast all the time. Yeah. Man, it's this is probably like the most exciting game concept I've played all year. I really want to do more with it. I want I want to experience the whole story, but I just can't I can't proceed any further. It's it's like locked me out and that really makes me sad. I'll be curious when the embargo lifts to see whether other people had the same experience. Yeah, I really want to know cuz I I wonder if it's one of those things where and I don't know, but I feel like maybe it's the kind of game where um I'm I'm trying to think of what a good example of this is. There there's some zombie game. There's a zombie game that's like this where like, you will die. Oh, it's Zomboid. Project Zomboid. Mm-hmm. So their gimmick is like, you're going to die, but it's just how will it happen and how long will you live until until it happens? Like, I wonder if this is aiming for, like, that kind of thing where, like... That doesn't sound like it. You're, mm-hmm. f- you're fucked no matter what. I think there's a... Fi- I mean, the game has a finite number of days you have to play through, so I wouldn't assume so. So you can win. I... Well, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. <laughs> You, but, uh, you're gonna try to win. Um. Yeah, I'd like to. Are you done? Do you think? Do you think that you've played as much as you're gonna be able to play? I need a break. I I I really do want to go back because I I really like this game. I like the story. I like the um the weird like I've grown very f- attached to this kind of like goofy half like hard boiled half like grumpy old man police chief. Mm-hmm. Um. I want to know where some of those, some of these, uh, these relationships go. And, you know, I kind of like, I kind of like the day to day minutiae of answering the calls. Although I think sometimes it gets a little boring, 
But I, I want to see what happens. I want to do more bad stuff. I want to interrogate prisoners and solve mysteries. And but the game, the game just doesn't want to let me get get any further. Mm-hmm. So I'll get back to it at some point. Hopefully, hopefully they figure out something to do with the difficulty though, because it's uh, it's really. It's a real bummer because you can only have one save at a time. You can't have multiple saves. Like, I was about halfway done with the game, you know, 15 hours into it when things started falling apart. Like, I don't want to have to go back and do that again. Yeah, that's a lot. That's really long. I'm surprised that it wouldn't have more of like a like a checkpoint situation. Does right. it have like multiple save or something? Or is it like one no, of those no, just, save? No, he was just saying it's just, just yeah. the one save. So, um, and, and I, I, I don't know, like... You th- I think of a game like Heavy Rain, for example, mm-hmm. where like there's no saving because the ending you got's the ending you got, and like tough shit. And I, I like right. I like that model. No, me too. But but with Heavy Rain, like it's gonna get you to the end of the game. Well, and he- more importantly than that, Heavy Rain's not 15 hours. Well, that that too. Yeah. And so I mean, you know, you could you could play Heavy Rain probably twice in 15 hours maybe maybe no, two can't. and a half times yeah you could no you could because then you have to do the whole thing where you brush your teeth again and nobody wants to well yeah i mean it's a miserable opening segment to a game but uh it's gotta be it's gotta be like eight hours you go back and, and try most. to brush your teeth again jared <laughs> I, I i don't intend to i went back and brushed learned how to brush my teeth like three or four times i played the hell out of heavy rain yeah. really i was really good at brushing my teeth I can imagine. Those must have been some really clear jumpers. Maybe you should go try Beyond Two Souls and see how that works for you. Oh, uh, I don't know. Save a you Native American, American family. That he could be racist against. Yeah. Yeah, oh, exactly. That's a Michael Gaiman. It's interesting because uh, that's the only thing I remember about Beyond Two Souls is Native Americans. Yeah, the chapter was called Navajo. Yeah, that's right. And you fought a sand devil. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> See, I pay attention. I was so excited when I got there. I'm like, oh, well-rounded, normal Native Americans. And they're like, and here's the shaman. It's like, oh, no. Here's my, great coyote. Here's my grandma. She's a shaman. Look out. It's a spirit demon. You're like, ah. Oh. All right. Well, um, well one, one more thing was kind of funny. We were talking about this last week. Um, this is the police comes out at like probably... Either the worst or best time to make a game about police brutality and yeah. corruption. Um, Weappy, the game, the developers, I think it's Weappy. Mm-hmm. They published like an open letter to uh, the people who were criticizing them for doing this, and I think they really fucked it up and made it sound like um... <laughs> <laughs> this is getting better and better. Well, they they made it sound like we're just telling a human story. This has nothing to do with the police, and it's. I think they probably could have just said, like, you know, we wanted to tell a realistic, gritty story about a current, you know, or not even a current event, but like something that's relevant to today's situation. Yeah. And instead, they said, like, oh, this has nothing to do with police brutality. This has this is a this is an experience. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing quite heavily, but like the undertone is is that they almost think it's ridiculous that anyone would make that comparison. Nice. Yes. Hey, do you remember when the embargo was up for this? Um, no, you, you, you're you the one who has the email. We should probably take a look at that, because I see somebody posted a review here. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure that they weren't supposed to do that. Well, fuck it, I'm going to go read that review, because I'm really curious. International Business Times oh, UK posted a review for the game 15 hours ago, so maybe the embargo's broken. 
Maybe in the UK. I thought it was the 28th. I thought it was the day the game came out. But uh, maybe I'm wrong. But the game does come out in two days. So Ooh, I gave it a two out of five. That's harsh. Yeah, but they're also the international business times. I didn't even know they reviewed games. This uh, this looks like the Forbes or Huffington Post of the UK. I have to check it out and see how it uh, see how it goes. I am very curious to see if the other reviews are reviewing the game or how much they want to show off their uh, their virtue signaling about mm-hmm. police brutality. Right, and I even wonder with like this first review, because um, like their title is a disappointingly shallow depiction of U.S. law enforcement, and so mm. I wonder like, and and to top that off, like it's coming from the International Business Times. Like, did these <laughs> did these people go into this expecting like let's have let's play a fun game, or did they go into this expecting like I can't wait to learn all about the Black Lives Matter movement (laughs) and get a realistic depiction of race relations in the U.S. Uh, I will say, I don't... uh, I think they kind of walked into a minefield here where they're probably not going to be able to please anyone. Uh, Maybe the exception of me if they just fix the difficulty. Do you arrest the Pope in this game? (laughs) What? I found a picture from This is the Police where it looks like two cops are arresting the Pope. Let me see a picture. Yeah, send send it to us. This is important. Here, you can tell me whether or not this happened in the game. There, I mean, you, there you go. doesn't get any huh. more crystal clear than that. That does look like you're arresting a pope. That's <laughs> look like a pope. I was well, going to yeah. say, it's probably like a cardinal or something. But yeah, it's got to be something like that. It looks like the pope. Now, now i got to play through the whole game. Maybe that's a spoiler. What are they doing to know. him? You're going to waterboard the pope? <laughs> I guess we'll I guess we'll see. Um, Jesus. All right. Well, anyway, uh, that'll come out in just a couple of days. So if you're curious about it, you can check it out yourself and see what happens. But uh, I'm I'm curious about it. It looks interesting. I'll, we'll have to see whether or not other people think it's balanced or if it was just your experience. And oh, maybe, one, maybe one this... other thing is I think I think I found out it should be releasing for fifteen dollars. So. Even if it's really like too difficult to play the second half, that's a lot of value for the uh, for the price. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's a pretty. I mean, it's also one of those game. games that maybe you can like optimize over time, and I, that's especially what I was since say. it's not, especially since it's not like um, it's scripted, right? That you were telling yeah. me. If yeah, it, so it sounds like a kind of game that if you just put some time into it, you can probably like you know get better and better every playthrough. What you're describing makes it sound to me like it might be like a first patch situation. Like, let let their first public patch come out and then see where they're at. I hope so. Um, I really would like them to to fine-tune this into a better play experience, because overall, I think they've got a great great idea. It's a lot of fun. It's very intriguing. Um, It's just, it's too hard to play. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, I get that. All right, well, there you go. This is the police, so that'll be uh, that'll be coming out pretty soon here. So keep your eyes and ears peeled, and um, I think that's probably everything for this week. So if you enjoyed our podcast today, <laughs> I would encourage you awesome. to go. I would encourage you to go subscribe to us on iTunes or Android if you're not already. Uh, we're on the Google Play Store. We're on. I think we're on Stitcher. We should be everywhere. Uh, go check out our website, it's enemyslime.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at the Enemy Slime on both of those services. And I think with that, this is a good time to be out. Bye.